0: As far as I'm concerned, Easter couldn't come soon enough this year. We really need this. Firstly, because our worlds have become so small lately. We're all confined to our houses except for those times where we get to go to the supermarket and then we have to avoid other people like the plague. But the resurrection gives us a vision of the world to come that takes us out of ourselves and our own little worlds. And secondly, we really need this because um, the world's been brought to its knees and we need hope. Aussies these days like to think that with a little bit of work and a little bit of luck, they can have life just the way they want it. But that bubble's been burst a little bit. All of a sudden we're hearing our leaders say things that leaders haven't said to their people since wartime, like, we will get through this. There is a far bigger hope in the resurrection for an ultimate future that's better than the best life that you could imagine. Easter is so good because it focuses us on the centre of the Christian faith. That is the salvation that Jesus Christ won for anyone who will accept it by his death and resurrection. You might say loosely that the death of Jesus deals with our past And the resurrection of Jesus opens up our future. Or in other terms, very loosely, you might say that while the death of Jesus for our sins is the driving force behind the Christian life, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is what gives the Christian life wings and launches us into the future and takes us to wonderful places. The Christian doctrine of resurrection is like no other idea. Perhaps you've always assumed that when you die, that's it. Or maybe you've thought of death as being sort of like blending back into the universe and the circle of life. Or maybe you've liked the idea of being reincarnated and coming back as something or someone else. Or maybe you expect one day to take a seat on a cloud and be given a harp and a pair of wings and to spend eternity moving in slow motion which is an idea that's hard to get excited about. Well, the Christian idea of resurrection puts all of those ideas in the shade, and it's based on fact. In this short message, I'd like to explore how the resurrection of Jesus opens up our futures. We'll be reflecting on what was read to us before from 1 Corinthians 15 verses 12 to 28 in the Bible. In this chapter of the Bible, the Apostle Paul was writing to people who were thinking about dropping the idea of resurrection, or at least dissolving it into some vague spiritual version of the present life. And Paul says, no, our hope is the complete reversal of death, physically as well as spiritually, into a new eternal reality in which there is no death at all. And this is based on the fact that Jesus Christ has already risen from the dead, never to die again. The first thing we see uh, here in this passage in verses 12 to 19 is that resurrection is a make or break claim for Christians. If there is no resurrection, then Jesus hasn't risen. And that would make Christians liars since the resurrection is part of the gospel Uh, that we proclaim and if we are liars then you shouldn't believe anything that we say but more than that if christ hasn't been raised then there's no reason to believe that his death paid for our sins and there's no one holding us and god together now so as paul says here we're still in our sins if christ hasn't been raised and when we die that's it those who've fallen asleep in christ are lost And Christian hope only lasts as long as our earthly lives last. And that's not much hope at all. That would make Christians not only liars, but also the biggest losers if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. That's how crucial the idea of resurrection is to Christians. If God is not in the business of reversing death, uh, then we don't have a savior and we don't have a hope. Now it could be that this is new to you, or maybe you've had some doubts about whether this claim could even be remotely true. In the context of uh, our ordinary experience, it's a very far-fetched claim. People don't come back from the dead in our experience. How can modern people in a scientific world possibly believe that this happened? Well I think that if you investigated the evidence, as many people have, you would find that it's something that a thinking person can rationally believe. Please contact us through our website or through our Facebook page, and we'd love to engage with you on this. Resurrection is a make-or-break claim. That's how crucial this truth is. But now let's see how wonderful it is. Paul explains how resurrection achieves two things. Life for humanity and victory for God. So firstly, firstly in verses 20 to 23, resurrection achieves life for humanity. It's now nearly 2,000 years since Jesus rose from the dead, but his resurrection was the start of something. Paul calls it the first fruits, which is a reference to harvest season. The harvest of God's plans began with Jesus' resurrection and now, and now comes the rest of the harvest. Paul describes all of humanity here in, uh, on, on the downward road of death. In Adam, all die, says Paul. That is, all of humanity inherits sin and death from our spiritual ancestor, Adam. For all humans, we all sin. We all die, which means being cut off from God, leading to spiritual death and physical death and eternal death. The wages of sin is death. It may not feel like that when the sun is shining and life feels all right and you're optimistic about the future, but you were made for more. You were made for God and his glory and you haven't lived up to that. None of us have. We've gone our own way. We've made an enemy of God. And so eternal death is where humanity is going. Except that Jesus has now begun a new humanity that is heading upwards. If you come to Christ and put your trust in Him, you switch your family and your inheritance. You are no longer in Adam. You are now in Christ. You belong to Him. You've crossed over from death to life. And so you will follow christ into resurrection christ the first fruits then when he comes those who belong to him says paul here in other words your spiritual death is reversed when you come to christ your physical death will be reversed one day your eternal death has been switched for eternal life your destiny is god and glory as Paul goes on to say later in this chapter, this is going to involve a very radical change in our natures and, our, and, the, and the whole world around us. It's going to be better than anything we could ask for or imagine when the people of God are given their inheritance in Christ, in resurrection life. If you think heaven is going to be thinner or weaker than this life, then think again the resurrection is going to be way more substantial than this life we're living here now. If you think heaven is going to be paler and less colourful than this life, think again. You haven't seen colour until you've seen the world after the resurrection. If you think the company in heaven is going to be boring... And all we'll do is play harps and sing in high-pitched voices like angelic robots with no personality for all of eternity. Think again. You haven't enjoyed fellowship anywhere near as rich as you will experience in the resurrection life when God dwells in the midst of his people. The resurrection achieves life for humanity, and that is the fullness of life to the full. And the ultimate goal of all of this is that resurrection achieves victory for God, which is what Paul explains in verses 24 to 28. This is all about God putting things back the way they should be, with Himself at the centre of His creation in all His goodness. As Paul explains it here, for God to be at the centre of everything, with harmony around Him, all His enemies have to be destroyed. Everything that undoes his good work and spoils his world has to be removed. And that's Jesus' job. As it says here, Jesus must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The enemies of God are those who refuse to turn from their sin, and the devil and the spiritual forces of evil in the world. But the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death is the big spoiler of God's plans and the big challenger to God's rule. When there's no more death, then God will reign supreme. And so in the end, having rid the world of all other enemies through judgment, Jesus will rid the world of all death forever. And then he himself will bow down and let God the Father be all in all, the centre of everything. In other words... For the world to just keep going the way it is would be a tragedy because the world is only barely functioning. There's coronavirus, there's innumerable other disasters and tragedies, there's conflict, there is sadness, there is ignorance of God, human sin is at the bottom of it all, and there is death. God's design was for better than this. But Jesus came to re-establish the rule of God, beginning with his own resurrection and ending with the universal destruction of death. So resurrection achieves victory for God. This is how the resurrection opens up the future. There's a bright hope for creation. There's the bright hope of life for us in Christ Christ. So there's a huge vision here for the world and for your life. There's so, it's so much bigger than just getting through the coronavirus crisis and then resuming normal life, or making lots of money and living a long time and dying satisfied and happy. No, this vision is universal and eternal. It has God at the center in glory, and you with Him in a restored creation and a restored humanity Richly blessed forever. That's a vision that can lift you out of this life and out of current circumstances because it's a full hope based on a real event that happened on the Sunday morning of the first Easter day. Jesus has risen from the dead. And so Jesus is the key to all of this. It's his resurrection that opens it all up. It's his reign that defeats the enemies of God. It's his people who follow him into resurrection life. So the most important thing of all, the top priority in life, is to make sure that you are one of Christ's people. If you haven't done it yet, you need to make the switch from Adam to Christ, from death to life, from enemy to friend of God. And your death will be reversed and God will come into your life and your future will open up. Perhaps in this time of coronavirus, we're being given a little hint that the world cannot deliver all that it promises. Um, the hopes we place in this life are misplaced. We need bigger hopes and surer hopes than uh, just these worldly things. The challenge is to look past Uh, the things of this world as much as possible and focus on the risen Christ and the eternal future. That has to be the context in which everything else is put into perspective for us. And that's the vision that needs to drive our priorities, our attitudes, our relationships and even our feelings here and now. Such a great hope. If you believe Jesus is risen and you have this hope, How does it affect the way that you are living your life now? How does it change your outlook and your behaviour? Profoundly, I hope. And this is just as much a challenge for me as it is for you, to be transformed by this hope that makes us look upwards and onwards. I'll finish now with a prayer that you might like to make your own. We will thank God for Jesus. We will express our trust in him to save us and give us life. And we will ask Him to cause this hope to grow in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the death of Jesus, which paid for our sins, and for the resurrection of Jesus, which has opened up the future for us and for your world. We want to look past the things of this world and see Christ reigning and saving us for a bright future. By your Holy Spirit, Please cause this hope to grow in us so that we are transformed and ready to meet you in resurrection life. In Jesus' name, Amen.